Shalom. This is Gary Duroshinsky, Congregational Leader of Beth Ariel Messianic Congregation. Thank you for downloading our message. We're delighted to make it available to you through the generous donations of our members and friends at Beth Ariel. We know that many are struggling financially because of the challenges facing our economy, and we do not want financial issues to keep anyone from enjoying our teachings. So please continue to listen in as often as you like. But if our presentations have been beneficial to you, and you are able to provide a financial donation to Beth Ariel, whether large or small, would you prayerfully consider sending a gift in support of our ministry? You can donate online through our website at bethariel.org. That is spelled B-E-T-H-A-R-I-E-L dot org. Also, please remember to pray for us that we would be responsive to the Lord's guidance as we reach out to the lost sheep of the House of Israel in the greater Los Angeles area. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed this message. Go ahead and open up to 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 7, and we'll jump into the text here. Well, today is the last Saturday of this year. It's the last Saturday of the year. It's 2016. It's been kind of a crazy year. A lot of things unexpected have happened, right? The Cubs, anybody a Cubs fan? The Cubs won the World Series I don't know how you feel about him, but Trump is our president-elect. I didn't see that coming. I wasn't expecting that. It's been kind of a nutty year, and a lot of things has happened that I wasn't expecting. And it's, a, it's a, also a time of the year that we set aside, and one of the things that I appreciate about it is that we set aside this time to, to reflect on this past year, right? A lot of us will take a moment to review, take inventory of our life during 2016. And it's a wonderful time to do that. And we might look back and see moments or seasons or weeks that we didn't do so well. That there are, there are times that we could have been better than what we were and we kind of failed in some way, some regard. And other times it might have been quite the opposite, where we did really well and we excelled. But when we think about, if we're honest, when, we're think, when we think about those times that we maybe were having a slump, we come up with resolutions. Who likes resolutions? There's a, we come up with resolutions which are really designed to help us to improve, right? To do better in the next year. And so we'll form a resolution to help us with those. And I got really into this at one point in my life. I was a really big fan of Jonathan Edwards. I don't know if any of you know him. He was a wonderful theologian. Yeah. He came up with 70, count it, 70 different resolutions. And he would review those every week, right? So on Sunday, he would go through those resolutions and kind of take check of his life. So I tried that. I came up with resolutions, and I'm sure you've done the same. And what begins to happen? You get one week, two weeks, three weeks down the road, and you stop doing it, right? It kind of falls. So some of us have become a little jaded. Some of us have maybe even been disillusioned by creating resolutions, and that is understandable. I'm in the same boat. Others of us get really creative. I've heard some pretty creative ones. I think this was written, I'm sure, by a dude. And he wrote, I resolve to do less laundry and wear more deodorant. (laughs) You don't have to do laundry. You can just put deodorant on. Another one that I thought was kind of clever is, I resolve never to take a laxative and a sleeping pill at the same time. You can only imagine. That'd be really gross. 
But all, all craziness aside, I really do want to take a moment this morning and encourage us to sit and think about how did this past year go? How did this past 12 months happen? And encourage us and exhort us to resolve today to grow in faith. For some of us, if you think back upon the last year and you might hear the question, did you grow in your faith? How was your walk with Jesus today compared to this time last year? Where are you at? And for some of us, the answer might be, could be better. For others of us, it might have been a wonderful year. But wherever you are at, wherever you're at in life, I want to encourage us this morning to grow from that point forward. To grow from where you are at today forward. We can all do that. and We can all resolve to do that. So with that said, if you would, please, I know it's it's easy to sit, but I really like it when people stand when we read Scripture. So if you wouldn't mind standing with me as I read the passage for today, it's 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2-7, through 7, one of my favorite passages, super encouraging, but also challenging. So let's read this together. To those, I'm sorry, verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us some things, everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now for this very reason, applying all diligence, in your faith supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence knowledge, and in your knowledge self-control, and in your self-control perseverance, and in your perseverance godliness, and in your godliness brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word, that you loved us so much that you not only sent your Son to die for us, but have communicated to us through the pages of this book, and that we can know you personally and be challenged by you. You tell us in your word that the verses of this book are sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing through the marrow, through heart, to get at the root issues and to cause us to reflect your Son more and more. I pray that this morning, as we go through these verses, that you would stimulate us, challenge us to grow in our faith. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. What would happen to this plant? I pulled this out of my garden. I think it's a tulip or something. What would happen to this plant if it did not receive any sun, if it didn't receive any fertilizer, food, or water? It would, would it grow? No, I think we're all pretty agriculturally savvy, right, to know that that's probably not going to happen. 
the opposite will most likely happen. And that is that it will shrivel or be severely damaged. And the verses that we just read, Peter is challenging us and impressing upon us that the same is true of your spiritual life, of your faith. If it's neglected, it too will shrivel and be severely damaged. But the beautiful news, the truth, the doctrine of this passage is teaching us that God has given to us everything we could ever need as it relates to life and godliness, as it relates to living like him and reflecting him in our life. The Lord has given to us every tool in the toolbox when it comes to following him and growing in our faith. So I'd like to point right real quick to verse 2. If you look at verse 2 in your text, this is the heartbeat of Peter's message in this passage. He writes, grace and peace be multiplied to you. That's The main message, if you get anything else from this passage this morning, he wants you to understand that Peter wants his audience, which at that time was early Jewish believers, today it's us, he wants us to have a multiplication in grace and faith, grace and peace. That is what he longs for. And the second half, notice I stopped halfway through the verse, the second half of the verse is the first step in growing in faith. So this morning, I'd like to just briefly, I'll do it briefly, walk you through these verses and show how Peter is giving a blueprint to grow in our faith. And I think, it's, I think it'll be encouraging as well as challenging for us. So the first step here, as you read in verse 2, is in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So it all starts with being in the knowledge of Jesus our Lord. So the first step is know the Messiah. I'll say that again. The first step of growing in faith is obviously knowing the Messiah, right? What's interesting for me is, look at those two verses. Is God the Father and God the Son and Yeshua, are they on different levels? Is it that God the Father is greater than God the Son? Absolutely not. They're on equal level. So the first step is knowing intellectually that the Lord, Yeshua, Messiah, is on the same playing field as God the Father. They are of the same substance. It's not as if God the Father is greater than God the Son. They are the same. And if you add the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, it also is on the same level. And we call that the Trinity, the triune God. So we know that Yeshua is not just a good teacher. He is God in the flesh. And we know that. We also see here that the word that Paul uses for know, it's the Greek word epignosis, since we all speak Greek, I'm sure. It's, it's, it really has in mind two different things. It's an intellectual knowledge as well as an experiential knowledge. So it's not only that we intellectually understand that there was a man who lived historically named Yeshua, who was a great teacher, died, and maybe rose again, we're not sure, 
speaking from a skeptic's point of view, it's also coming to know in your mind that he is, in fact, God, that he came to this earth and took on the form of a babe. We just celebrated it this past week. And that he died for us and rose again. It's understanding that, but then it's knowing it experientially so that he has done that for us. Just as if this plant right here, picture you are the soil. Would there be a plant without a seed? No, absolutely not. It'd just be a lump of soil. But if a seed is planted in this soil, up will come a plant. In the same way, we are like soil. Yeshua even talks about this in a parable. We're different soils. And the seed of faith is dropped in us, and we become to know him. We have a personal relationship with him. That is the first step. It's a very obvious step, I know. But the question for you is, how is your relationship with Yeshua today? Where is that relationship at? Do you know the Messiah? Have you come to embrace him as your personal Lord and Savior? He did come. The Messiah, the promised one, has come to this earth in the form of a babe. And he lived a perfect life without sinning, without doing anything against the will of God. And then he died. Why did he die? Why did he have to die? To take on the wrath that God has against those who have sinned against him. He took that upon himself so that when you believe in him, that wrath is put on the Son and not you. When you believe in him, the very perfectness, the very righteousness of the Son of God, Yeshua, becomes your own. So that when God the Father sees you, he does not see Andrew and his brokenness. He sees the perfectness of his son Yeshua because I have placed my faith in him personally. And then did he stay in the grave? No, absolutely not. He rose again on the third day to defeat sin, to defeat death. So that we who believe in him can live in the power that he provides us. Do you believe that? Have you taken that in? And is it not just theoretical? Is it he did this for me? He died for me. He rose again. That is the beginning point of faith. He is the exclusive son of God. He said, I am the way the truth, and the life. You may think he's a good teacher, but the thing is, and not the Son of God, but the thing is, is if Yeshua was a good teacher, he had to either be a lunatic or a liar or really be who he says he is. Because a good teacher would never claim to be God if he's not, right? He'd be nuts or he'd be flat out lying. And that's not how I would define a good teacher. A good teacher would speak truth. So you must make a decision about the person of Yeshua. And it is the first step in growing in faith. The second thing that I'd like to bring to our attention, and this is the part that 
gets me. I'm really excited about this part. Is realize your empowerment. I think so often Satan is so good at convincing us that we can't do things. That we don't have what it takes to be a godly man or a godly woman. That we just have too much stuff going on in our life. Too much challenges that we can't. I simply can't. But look with me at verse 3. I love this. His divine power has granted to us ten things. Ten things that we need. Some things. Everything. All things. Soak that in. Let me say that again. God has given to you everything that you could ever need in order to grow in faith. It's also challenging because if you think about it, that also means we don't have an excuse, right? We don't really have an excuse if we're not growing in faith because he's given us every tool in the toolbox. Take, for instance, this plant again. If there was a good gardener, a good gardener would give this plant all the sun, all the water, all the nutrients that it could ever need in order for it to grow. If a good gardener would do that for a plant... How much more would the God of the universe who calls us his sons and daughters give us everything that we need to grow? Also, my wife, Meredith, is three months pregnant. So like what? In like six months? Is that right? Did I do the math right? In six months, she will give birth to a baby, right? A baby. And will the baby come out as a lump of skin? And then down the road, form legs and form arms and a head? No, a baby is born with legs. A baby is born with an arm and a nose. But does a baby automatically know how to walk? No, it has to grow into that. It has to grow into that. But God has supplied that baby with everything that it needs to function well as a boy or a girl. And it grows into that. God has done the exact same thing for you. Believe that. He has given you everything that you need in order to become like him and reflect him more and more in your life. The the walk of becoming and growing in faith is not a process of gaining things that you did not already have. Say that again. The walk of following Yeshua is not a process of gaining things that you do not have. Rather, it's a process of utilizing and putting into practice those things that you already have. So again, the first step of growing in faith in this upcoming year is do you know the Messiah? Have you come to know Him? And for those of you that already do know Him, It's not a once-and-done deal, right? My wife, Meredith, I talk about her a lot. She's a great girl. I love her. She's wonderful. So I'm going to talk about her. She, uh, we, you know, in any relationship, you always have to work, right? You always, every day in, day out, week, week in, week out. It's not like we got married and then everything just works out. You have to every day pursue her, cherish her, love her, put effort into that relationship. Yeshua is no different. And we know this. We know this. Yeshua is no different. Your relationship with him cannot grow unless you're putting and cherishing and loving him. 
And how do we do that? How do we do that? We read his word. We let it soak into our heart and our mind. We pray to him, just like David. I love David. I think it's wonderful that we went through his life. Reading David, I'm a little bit on the thicker skin side, so I read David and he sounds like he's complaining a lot. I don't know if anybody feels that way. But what's so wonderful about David that I need to learn from is he just bears his heart out to God. He just shares what's going on in his life with God. Yeshua longs for you to do that. He longs for you to connect with him on a personal level. And that is the first step in this next year as you think I'm going to resolve to grow in faith and this next year resolve to pursue him as he pursues you. And the second thing is we must realize and put out of our minds the thought that we can't do it. It's a defeating thought. I can't do it. I've got so many issues going on in my life, so much holding me down. I just simply can't do it. God's word says, no, that's not true. He has given to you everything that you possibly need in order to grow. So that challenge that you're facing at work, that challenge that you're facing because it's the holidays and so family gets together and sometimes it's difficult. So if there's challenges in your family, God has given to you everything that you need to reflect him in that situation. And that's our second point. His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. The last point, and then I might even let you guys get out early today. The last point is supply action to your faith. Supply action to your faith. This is the heart of the book of James, Yaakov, that we just went through. Is faith without works is dead. And Peter agrees. I love Peter. Peter's one of the most, you know, surly fisherman type guys. And he just speaks it as it is. So you have the theory, which is knowing him personally and then realizing that you have everything that you need in order to grow. And then the last point is, so use it. You've been giving everything you need, so now it's just straightforward. So do it, like the Nike. Just do it. Just do it. Go into your workplace. Go into your family and apply all diligence in your faith. Supply moral excellence. And the word that Peter uses for supply is to really purchase something out of your, what you already have. So out of your bank, you have a lot of money. Out of what you already have, go purchase a couch. That's the word that he uses for supply. So it's not that you're coming up with this in and of yourself. It's that you're using what you've already been given to do something. To use it to supply faith to your, to use the gifts and talents that God's given to you to supply that to your faith. Read with me in Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. I love these verses. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Yeshua, the author and perfecter of faith. Don't you love that? Lay aside every encumbrance. What is tangling you up? 
Think about that. This is the time to do some self-reflecting. What this past year has kept you, held you back, and I think something's probably coming up into your brain right now as I'm talking. What is that thing that has kept you back, that's held you back from becoming more like him, from growing in your faith? What is that? Paul, I believe, wrote Hebrews. Paul is saying, put it aside. Take it. A lot of it is mine. Take it from your thoughts and put it aside. And then do what? Instead of allowing those things to entangle you, what do you do? You run. You run with everything you have towards what? What are you fixing your hope on? Yeshua. It says right here. Let's see. Run with endurance the race, fixing our eyes on Yeshua, the author and perfecter of faith. So as you're running, you're fixing your gaze, you're fixing your mission, your heart on the person of Yeshua as defined by Scripture. Because we can't just define Yeshua as we like. We have to define it as Scripture explains it. So we place Him in front of us. We lay aside every entanglement. And we run with everything that we have. It takes effort. It takes work. It doesn't automatically happen. We need to put effort and cherish it. Read again with me in Hebrews 10, 23, and 24. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Let us hold fast. So again, there's action there. It's our responsibility to hold fast to what we believe, to our confession. And to then, in the same breath, stimulate one another. Spur as you would spur a horse to bolt. Spur one another on to love and good deeds. And in the previous verse, what I love about this tension and this dynamic is in Hebrews 12.1, he says, Yeshua, the author and perfecter of faith. So Yeshua, before time began, before you were born, wrote your salvation into existence. He called you from before you were born to believe in Him. He is the author. So that's way before you came onto the scene. And now that you're on the scene, what's He say? And the perfecter of our faith. It's ongoing. So He's continuing to perfect the faith that He wrote into the book of time before you were even born. And yet at the same time, our responsibility again is to lay aside every encumbrance and to focus in on the person of Yeshua and to run with all that we have towards that prize. To run towards Yeshua. One of the other aspects of this passage, again, Peter being a fisherman, so super hands-on, super practical and specific, he gives you kind of a blueprint of how specifically we can grow in faith, how you can see that in somebody's life. Take a look with me at verse, let's see here, 6. I'm sorry, it starts in verse 5. So, Applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge. And it goes on and on to the different virtues. 
My understanding of these verses, which could be off for sure, but my, my understanding of it is that these build off of one another. They build off of one another. So you can't have, in the fullest degree, moral excellence without faith. And you can't have knowledge in its fullest degree without moral excellence. And you can't have self-control without knowledge. So my encouragement to you, my encouragement that I'd like to do too this week, is to take a look at this list and find out where you land, where you fall on this list. For instance, if you're just coming to know Yeshua as your Lord and Savior, your faith is pretty good, right? So now work on supplying moral excellence to your life, living a moral life. If you feel that you are living a pretty moral life and you have faith in Yeshua, the next step is knowledge. How is your understanding of systematic theology, doctrine, and the, how the whole Bible fits together? If you feel like you're pretty good on that, the next step is, I love this, self-control. How many people get tons of theology and doctrine, and yet their self-control is just crazy? They're doing things that don't match up with what they believe. It happens all the time. The next step is self-control. So figure out where you are in this list And my encouragement for all of us is to challenge yourself towards the next step. To challenge yourself to grow in that next step. And the end result is verse 8. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Yeshua Messiah. We all long to be useful and fruitful in our walk with the Lord. Amen? We all want to be useful. This is the blueprint of how to do it. One, to know Messiah. Do you know the Messiah? Have you come to embrace Him as your personal Lord and Savior? That's where it all begins. You cannot grow in faith without that first step. And for those of us who are into the 10th, 20th year of following Yeshua, how's the relationship going? Are you still pursuing Him as passionately as you pursued Him before? Are you still depending on Him as you would someone that you need everything from? How is that going? Secondly, don't forget that God's given you everything that you need. Don't allow the evil one to convince you, I just can't do it. I don't have what it takes. It's not true. God's Word tells you emphatically you have everything that you need. Whatever challenge you are up against, He's given you the tools. It's not going to be easy. It won't be like that easy button that I see on the commercials that you can just push and it's good to go. It's not easy. It's not easy. But He promises that He will not give you anything that you cannot handle. Will you trust Him? Will you look to the tools that He's given you to work on what is before you? And finally, use what you've got. Don't let it just sit. Put into action what the Lord has given to you. I think this is vital. We, uh, I, I do this a lot. I tend to think that I can just rest and I'll grow. But that's just not true. If you're not using what God's given to you, there will be no growth. It's the faith being put into action that creates growth. So let's be a congregation. 
Let's be individuals who are passionate about knowing Him. Here, I'll give you even the... There you go. Who know Him, who are realizing and believing that He's empowered us. And finally, let's be a congregation in the year 2017 that puts our faith into action where people can see that we are living a life that honors Him. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank You so much for this morning. Thank You for the opportunity to crack open Your Word and to go through it and to learn from it, to sit as students at Your feet and allow the truths and the doctrines to pour over our minds and our spirit and our soul and our heart so that as we continue to do it, we become more and more like you. And we reflect you in our relationships. We reflect you in our workplace. And we give you all the glory. Father, I pray that if anyone here has not dedicated their life to you, if anyone here has never asked you to be their personal Lord and Savior, that today would be the day, that the beginning of the new year would be the time to make that decision, to accept Him as their personal Lord and Savior. And for those of us who have, Father, I pray that we would continue to pursue You with all of our energies throughout this next year, and that we would see ourselves and those around us becoming more and more like You through the months of 2017. Don't let us forget that we've got everything that we need to get it done. Don't allow us to fall into the lie that we don't have what it takes. And give us the courage and the strength to put these things into action, we pray. In your precious name, amen. Thank you for listening to our message. We hope that it serves to encourage you in your walk with the Lord and your service to Him. Do remember us in your prayers. And if you are able to provide a financial donation to Beth Ariel, whether large or small, would you prayerfully consider sending a gift in support of our ministry? You can donate online through our website at BethAriel.org. That is spelled B-E-T-H-A-R-I-E-L.org. Thank you again, and may our Heavenly Father richly bless you as you continue to follow Him. Shalom, shalom.